Blog Talk Radio. T-Love here at From the Heart Radio and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing underprivileged children with basic necessities of life. 
I'm also a board-certified integrated holistic health, energy psychology, positive psychology, and energy and vibrational sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where From the Heart Radio streams to you live each and every week, bringing you optimistic and uplifting information from interesting people, people who are making a positive impact in our world. Today, our guest is Liz Beeler, a graduate of Columbia University where she earned an MBA in marketing and finance, which brought her a successful career in financial services, marketing, and language research. In 2009, Liz decided to throw caution to the winds and preserve her dream. She quit her job to become a jazz singer and voice actor. When the pandemic hit, she opted to revisit her bucket list and began to write for fun. Her recently launched book, Alice in Condoland, is the result of that fun, and it is her debut novel and our topic for discussion. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you so much for giving your time to be here. It's certainly a pleasure to have you join us on From the Heart Radio. How are you being? Thank you for having me, and I am being positive. (laughs) You got the being part, and I love it. (laughs) Thank you. You know, your book, Alice in Condoland, it is so entertaining and light. It's humorous, engaging. And I found also that there are many, many life lessons that our protagonist, Alice, learned along her journey. It's a quick, fun read. And while novels are not the norm for this particular show, much of what we hear and see across all forms of media right now that's real is mimicked in your book. The bullying, the mean girls, the corruption, the power, the control, the greed. You've got it all and a whole lot more. So in your book, we can learn a lot, not just many new Yiddish words that some of us don't know. It's just very (laughs) educational. So now we know that this is your debut novel, but what was the catalyst? Seriously, other than the pandemic, what was the catalyst to to your writing Alice in Condoland? Well, Okay, so the ca- the catalyst definitely was here I am at home and no one's going anywhere. What can I do? But when one when I turned on the news or read the paper, I just saw corruption everywhere, and that I have a trouble with that. I'm not good with it. <laughs> yeah, neither am I. <laughs> and okay, so and a lot of people aren't, but we don't do anything about it. So you know, I felt. I believe in the power of one. I always have. And yet, what could I, this one person sitting in a condo in Florida, do about it? And so I use that as my background. And um, if anyone has lived in a condo, they can probably tell you the stories. There are always suspicions about whoever's managing the building. And in mm-hmm. Florida, those suspicions are too often true. It's a a regular event in the news about people who have been indicted or accused. So I thought, well, that would make a very good setup for all the things that are bothering me. And, you know, the, um, the cultures that blend in South Florida are, I found them hysterical. And, uh, and I thought, well, you wouldn't believe all this if you couldn't read about it. And so I thought that would make for a good story. And then, you know, I sit down every day, and I don't always know what I'm going to write. I'm what is called a pantser. I, I write by the seat of my pants. So I have a general <laughs> idea of the story I want to tell, but I, I don't have a detailed outline. 
and I find that ideas just pop into my head, and I write them down, and then they lead to other ideas. And so that's how it evolved the way it did. That's really interesting because when I'm writing, and, and I don't, I've never written a novel. I've written children's books, but those aren't novels. <laughs> you know? oh, but on, I don't feel like books. I wrote it. I, I feel like it was channeled to me, like it was just given to yes. me. Because I, I look at it and I think, I don't remember writing that. I just remember seeing the end and getting up and leaving and going to an event. And the next morning after yoga, reading it and saying, oh, my God, I wrote a book. How did I do that? That wasn't me. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So I can and imagine you know, the process must be difficult where you're writing things down and then you have to sort it out. Or do you feel you're being channeled as well? Uh, no, I had to write and then get feedback and then rewrite and then get more feedback. And I rewrote that thing probably seven times because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. You know, it was, it became a labor of love for me. Mm-hmm. And I look at it now and there's some passages where I think, wow, did I write that? And there are other times where I think, well, I know how to do that better now. So I'm a work in progress and, uh, I'm happy with the book because it was my very best at a point in time. Uh, but I would probably write it a little differently if I wrote it a month from now or a year from now or five years from now. And that's okay. you got to let it go. I think it's perfect the way it is. Now, when I first started to read this, I thought, okay, this is going to be like a, a, a summer book, uh, uh, take yes. it to the beach and read book, okay? And it started out that way, I thought. And then yep. very quickly – I thought very differently. So it was very interesting because I read, I think I read differently than a lot of people, but that's just me. Um, As far as, you know, we're all a work in progress. You're a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. Everybody's a work in progress. progress. So, you know, there's that. You certainly excelled at your first time out being a work in progress. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. Your cast of characters is hysterical. I have never read a book where the names of the characters, it was kind of hard for me, actually. I never read a book where the names of the characters, in many cases, they're not traditional names at all, but rather, you know, descriptions of the character's persona. Her highness, Humpty, Humpty, Mobster, the Barbies, Oracle. You get what that is when you're going into it. As soon as you read that, you know exactly what it is. You know exactly who this character is. So the character names really, I felt, allow the reader to immediately know much more about the character, painting the picture quickly. And that, for me, made it easier to become more involved in the story itself. Like you, it was visceral. <laughs> I've heard I like that. that. I'm glad. Thank you. Um, look, if I named the men Jason, Jim, and John, yeah. how, you, wouldn't, you, you just wouldn't know the difference. So no. I, there were there were a lot of people in the story, and I thought this was a way to make it easy to follow them. Uh, and even if you didn't remember who they were, the name would cue you. Uh, yeah. And the other thing is there's another reason for it that you read it in the very end of the book. Yes. <laughs> and we'll get to that. I don't That's my s- last question, so let's not do okay. a spoiler alert. <laughs> no. Okay. And as I said, you know, when I first started reading it, it felt to be a good summer read. And it is. I, I really think everyone should get this because I, I, there is so much more to it. I liked the intrigue without the gut-wrenching emotion that I sometimes feel with mystery and corruption. Sometimes I literally have to put a book down and say, I can't take too much more of this right yeah. now. This is too real. And even though I knew yours was real, 
because I understand, you know, HOAs and condo associations. Oh, dear Lord. You know, it was funny real more because I wasn't in it <laughs> more than scary. You know, it's a, it's a fictionalized it. account of things that happen. Yes. Um, so it's real in that sense. And uh, I think to your point about not having to stop in the middle, um, mm-hmm. humor makes the medicine go down. Mm-hmm. We learn a lot easier when we're or more easily when we're laughing and i try to find the humor in things otherwise life could be pretty dull you did find the humor thank you even though things were not said to be humorous the way it's written i can't explain this well i hope i'm articulating okay the way it's written is there is that sense of humor it's not hysterical or funny but it's this sense of humor where you kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, I get that, you know? And it's that knowingness that the reader feels when, they, when, when the author writes about something that's familiar and is able to actually get it across. And you did that so Thank well. You. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> I guess it's how do you describe the bizarre? And I don't see any other way to do it but with humor. Mm. Again, you did it well. I mean, the vast array of characters with their pseudonames, you know, I mean, to know that your book is based on real life experience and taking it from a different angle is really, I think that's kind of what does it. It is fictionalized. I have to Mm -hmm. give you that disclaimer. There are a lot of things in there that didn't happen or were changed Mm -hmm. or uh, exaggerated or added. So it's, not exactly what I would call historically correct, but um, if people have said to me that live not only in uh, South Florida, but who live in New England, just different places, that it sounds like I'm describing their building. No. Yeah. (laughs) That was gratifying. Well, yeah, because it as you said, it, it may be parts of it are exaggerated in order to help influence the the wonder of the reading and to make it really feel good to the reader, but there's so much underlying truth. There really right. is. For right. anyone who's lived in a condo or a homeowner's association or had anything to do with it, we understand, yeah, okay, th- this is for real. <laughs> right. Well, these things real. happen. They they happen mm-hmm. any day you... you uh, you know, open a newspaper in South Florida, you'll see about condo issues, and some of them are crazy. Yeah. But the way it mimics what's going on in our country, too, and the things that people are saying and the bullying and the yep. mean aspects, it just, it takes it, it takes what's happening on a national level down to, see, this is where it starts, people. It starts here. The control, the greed, the power, the money, yeah. it all starts here, and then it just blossoms out and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's sitting at the White House door. So, you know, that was You nailed it. You nailed it, T. That's it. That's what, that's what I was watching, and I was just fuming inside, and I thought, what do I do with all this? You know, and we're under lockdown. So this yeah. was a great uh, catharsis for me. Now, I'm an avid reader, so oftentimes authors have told me I see more into their work than, than they did. And I might go too far, but I find I rather like getting into the deeper aspects of, of what I'm reading. Please. So that's how I tend to read. So I'm looking for underlying 
messages or meaning to see how much more I, as a reader, can get out of the writing. Now, right. having said that, you know, and as I previously mentioned, there are numerous life lessons in your book. It's not just about taking on corruption to right the wrongs of society. That's True. not what the book is completely about. So was that part of your writing process, or were you just going through a process where you were telling a story and hoping, you know, I hope this is going to be good? There were things that I wrote intentionally, and I'm curious to see um, what you took away from it, but there are a number of messages that I put in there, and they, they were there for a reason. Okay, so I'll start with that. So we have, okay. it's, a, it's a rather long list. Let me think here. We have oh, forgiveness. Oh, good, okay. We have forgiveness. We have compassion. There was empathy, faith, patience, mindfulness, listening, so you truly hear others knowing when you're using your intuition and how wisely you're doing so. And there was even karma. You know, the lessons that are in the mm. book, that's just to name a few, run the gamut. So seeing, feeling, and understanding all of that, as I read, brought the book to life in a way that I found to be very reflective. You know, we're given the opportunity to consider what we would or would not do if we were in Alice's shoes, right? And right. how that relates to events that have, have occurred or are currently happening in our own life so that we can be more aware when the lessons are being shown to us. You know, I mean, That's as I read, I smiled in agreement upon recognizing the many lessons it serves as a reminder. And, you know, now, as with all things, we get what we're meant to get when we're ready to get it and not mm -hmm. a moment sooner. So, I don't think everyone will recognize there are lessons being given at all, and they'll miss the, them completely. I think other people may wonder, you know, what they've read, somewhat of an introduction to lessons, and still others may have an aha moment where they get the lesson completely. So when I look at it from an educational standpoint, your book offers for some, to me, a first step or an introduction to life lessons, even if only at a subconscious level, a somewhat of a stepping stone toward fully understanding the lesson. And I can even see it as a catalyst where the reader fully understands the lesson fully. And that to me makes the book even more than a fictitious novel. It's educational. And as I said before, not just because the reader gets to learn a few Yiddish words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Yiddish words were there for color and there is a glossary at the end in case anybody gets stuck. Um, and at the bottom of each page where the word is mentioned. And that so too, as well, yes. Footnotes <laughs> and a glossary. Uh, there were, so, so you've taken it to, uh, I think, an even greater level than I intended, and I'm thrilled by that. I mean, yes, the character, she has to go through an arc and she has to grow. And, that, and you outlined some of those things about um, finding your own voice or empathy or listening, forgiveness. That was a big one for her. Huge. Uh, there are some more societal issues that I put in there. Do, do you want me to discuss yeah, that? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, that I okay. kind of left as a given because that was like blatant. I was trying to go for the underlying well, things that I know. <laughs> things that I don't know if they're a given today. One was humanizing the other. In which in this case would be the emigrant or the exile. Uh, in South Florida, there's a large Hispanic population. They come from many different countries, many different cultures, experiences, education levels, 
and a lot of them are highly accomplished, fascinating people. And those are the many of the people whom I knew, and I wanted that to get across in the book because I, I see us turning our, our backs to a stranger who ne- needs help these days, and that's wrong. Yeah. So I showed the community the way I see them. So that was something, and but I didn't. Yes, Go that ahead. was huge. And you did do that. You did. I think I took it for granted that people would see that. That it was just like, okay, that's a given. I can see that. And I see it happening everywhere where, you know, the whole immigration issue and how we treat others and mm-hmm. the superiority complexes and such and, and not talking to people because of whatever reason or treating people poorly because of whatever reason. So that to me was just like, okay, that's, those are the standard life lessons. What else is here? So I apologize well, for, for you. That up. Right. No, no, it's right. okay. It's it's there for you, but it is not there for everyone. And right. so if you can read a book and learn about new people and laugh while you're doing it, that's a way to get that lesson without it being a lesson. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, and okay. that's how it should be because then you're getting it in an easy way and you're really getting it. Yes, so that was one. The other was really my love letter to the culture that I experienced down there because it was great. It was the first time I walked into a uh, a board meeting, I started laughing. I just thought this was better than a show. I mean, if someone had <laughs> said to me, you have to pay to get in here, I would have paid. Uh, <laughs> they were just, they were crazy and funny and, you know, and I had to sit there and act serious. Uh, and then this the most important lesson for me is, um, and this goes back to an African proverb that just stays with me for some reason, which is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. That's so, beautiful. Thank you. It's not original, but uh, the way I applied it, it, you know, as screwed up as our world is right now, and we have our share of problems we it's so easy to you know just hunch your shoulders and say what can i do about it i'm just one person so we can't do anything about it by ourselves or, or very little but when we work together we can achieve a lot and uh that was i think the most important message i wanted to get across yeah that was a huge lesson thank you for people to see and read and i think this is a fun book I don't want anybody to think, you know, oh, God, it's going to be lessons. This is not. No, no, it's funny. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. It's not considered a self-help book, and yet it can be because if you really look at what's happening and reflect on how it is within your life, you will be able to match things up and say, oh, yeah, that's where this happened to me, and that's where that happened to me, and this is where I can see this and how I can do better next time. You learn a lot from it because you're learning as Alice is growing up, and and let's not be too shy here. You are Alice, yes? Uh, I mean, I, there's a lot of similarities. Let's put it that way. There, there are a lot of similarities. Not 100%. Yeah. Well, you have to. Like you I know, said, this is a fictionalized story. It is not my autobiography. But I drew, oh, no. because this is my first book, I drew from my experiences. My next book is a totally different person. It's oh. completely made up. Okay, so we're doing a 180. No, I think that the first time one writes a book, at least I'll speak from my experience, you tend to write more of what you know. 
Yes. And 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 so I I put myself in places in the book. Um the next character just popped out of, you know, thin air. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, you are, you know, you've gone from being a marketing person to being a writer. Is that mm-hmm. now what you are wanting or doing for a living? Are you an author as as far as you're concerned, you're an author for life now? I try not to put absolutes on things because you never know. But I really am enjoying writing. It is, it is profoundly gratifying to me. It's so, got to be somewhat cathartic. Uh, it's cathartic. It's, uh, it gives you a sense of accomplishment. You know, very often I, I would compare it to mathematics where you're putting a plot together and you're trying to figure out how do I bring this home. And if I have the characters do X, well, then how do I resolve it by the end of the chapter? What's the cliffhanger? You know, it's just uh, – there's a lot to think about, and you have to go back and make sure it's consistent. So it requires, for me, an intense concentration. I don't listen to music. I don't turn, have the TV on in the background. I just think and I write. Um, everyone does it differently, but that's that's how I approach it. And I'm not bored. It's it's exciting. Uh, and like you said earlier, just things pop into your head, and I go mm-hmm. with them. That's so, right. I know people so, who have gone to like a Starbucks, and I wonder how they can be in that atmosphere and concentrate at all. Perhaps if they tune everything out, they can, and I could probably do yeah. that. But, it, you know, it, I do write from home, and so I'm able to turn everything off. Um, now, you asked me, do I see myself doing this forever? I Well, I'm working on a second book. It's a middle-grade book. And then I have two more ideas, one for a grown-up book and one for a child children's book. So... I have at least three more books in me, and then we'll see. I, I'm enjoying great. it. Thank you. Yeah, you should be. You're a good writer. You're a great writer. You really are. I like the way I like your style. It's uh, you I'm, can't put it down. I I seriously couldn't put your book down. I'm so glad. Thank you, T. That that's music to my ears. I'm a good rewriter. Because what do you mean? I don't get it. <laughs> well, you know, there's an expression. There's no such thing as good writing. Only good rewriting. I have to write it and then fix it and then write it again or read it again and then make changes. It doesn't just pop out of me all done. I think that's true of most people. Yeah. I mean, there are probably some that I think Jack Kerouac was able to get away with just one long sheet of paper in three weeks and a lot of coffee and some stimulants, but I am not here. (laughs) No. (laughs) Might have been the stimulants more than anything else. (laughs) We don't know. Might have been. So oh for me, goodness. it is, it's like a, a sculpture. You know, you get a big block of clay and little by little you weasel it, you, you, you know, you carve away at it until it's what you want. And, and I think what I like about writing versus live performing is um, it leaves me when I'm ready. And I, if I make a mistake, I can go back and fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas a live performance, it's over. <laughs> That's it. You can't unring right. the bell. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're flat, if you forget a word, if somebody's talking in the audience and you get distracted or they come up to you and want to ask you to play a different song that was the song of their honeymoon while you're singing, you know, you don't have those distractions <laughs> when you're writing. <laughs> 
Now, are you still doing voiceovers? Are you still singing? I'm, I have not been since the pandemic started. Uh, I mean, I, I've done a few auditions for voice jobs, but I've been really reticent to uh, expose myself. So, for, you know, health-wise, not, uh, not emotionally. So mm-hmm. I'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. But for yeah, now, when the time is right. Yeah. For now, I am enjoying the writing. Now, so I know that there's a lot of fiction in this, and the characters have been given pseudonames. Right. Still, you know, some of the circumstances, some of the inferences, all that was allowed it, uh, or alluded to, as well as some of the blatant accusations within conversations amongst the characters. Mm. You know, are you not concerned that someone may, it's a very litigious society, you know, that someone may sue you? No, because it's fictionalized. Okay. These so are, nobody would be able you know, that, to come back and say, that's, hey, that's me. This is a fictionalized I I story. I made a lot of this stuff up. Yep. Now, if one were to read in the newspaper what goes on in South Florida, it's, you know, it's all there. I mean, this is, it's not crazy stuff. These things happen all the time. But the story I made is fiction. Does that make sense? It does, yes. I just know okay. how litigious it is. from the headlines. Let's look at it like yeah. that. It's ripped yeah, from the go. headlines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Thank stay you, Law and Order. With... Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you stay in touch with any of the people that you did work with down there to to – on the board at your condo or any of the people that you knew down there? I was never on the board at my condo. Oh, um, okay. But uh, I stay in touch with my, my close friends there, yeah. I do. That's great. I know you drove up here with your dog, Cookie. Okay, that leads me to a question I didn't think about. All right. Okay. So you're, you have a dog, Cookie. And yes. in your book... Champion, who was the attorney, had a dog, Cookie, that had a litter, and you and Alice got a dog. Right. I can't, that I can't remember happen. the name of the dog. Okay, that didn't happen. All right. You know, and I think if one goes through it looking for the things that actually happened, and the thing, it kind of spoils the fun. So I think the best way to look at this is to say it's a riff on my experience in South Florida and not really – uh, look at what might have made happened and what was made up. It's just all viable. It's all plausible. Yeah. Maybe that's a better word. Yeah. Does that make and it's sense? It's all probably happened okay. somewhere for real because, you know. There you go. That's it. You know, Whether it, it happened it, to yeah. me or to somebody else. Yeah. It, it did happen somewhere because it's just crazy. Is Now, right. is the character of the dog Cookie named after your dog Cookie or did you yes. get your dog I, Cookie? I decided to put Cookie in the story. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yes. Look at that. He's he's in a book. <laughs> Does he like that? Is he happy? <laughs> he, you know, Does he, he know? hasn't told me. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> he knows. He must know. <laughs> he knows. He's, he, he thinks he's pretty special, so maybe he does. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, you did include some personal moments in your book. Whether they're real or not, they felt like they were personal moments. Were they, first of all, and how does your family feel about the book? So, again, everything is fictionalized. I mean, some of these mm-hmm. things are happened, some didn't. 
Um, my parents are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sorry. Thank you. Um, I shouldn't say they're not with us. They're not here on this right. plane. And uh, I don't think I I put anything that wasn't fair or you know um, people are people are human. I I mean obviously I was very close to my father and I think that comes through in the book. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, I think that when we have challenging relationships, we really have to stop and think about it from the other person's perspective. And so, again, this is a fictionalized, you know, I, I think if the reader's trying to decide is this completely autobiographical, it isn't. And, and if, if they want it to be, they'll be disappointed. But it doesn't need to be. It's just, um, it's a story. And I think it's a, again, a plausible story that these are things that happen in people's lives. Or, you know, there's, there's nothing here that's all that fantastical. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a more difficult relationship with my mom. And so what Alice does is she tries to understand it from her mother's perspective. And I think she makes a little, what you think she makes a little, what progress she does. I I think what, what came across was it was so heart wrenching with your dad in the story. That was okay. That so was there's hard. a lot of that. That that I will tell you, um, a lot of that happened with my father. Yeah, that you could feel it. You could yeah. feel it. Your writing style allowed the reader to feel that. And Thank and you. I am so sorry you went through that, and I'm sorry for your loss. The but you could feel it. You absolutely could. And 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 the part that may have been fake or whatever, I'm not sure. The I know a lot of it's fictionalized, very much so. But the disgust that came with the way people were calling you during the time that you were visiting your dad. I mean, seriously? And it's not, <laughs> well, not, okay, but let, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's important not to get too hung up on what happened and what didn't happen because that's going to spoil the story if they want it all to be true. Um, no, I don't think they want it. I, don't, I didn't want it all to be true. I was just like, that's how well you were writing. It was like, this stuff does happen. People are like this. And that's another well, lesson. You have to put up boundaries. And that's why there were so many lessons in the book. It wasn't trying to make you. it fit into a world and be real. It was that, yeah, this crap really does happen. And it you does. wrote it so well, it was believable. Thank you. Well, I guess I, that's a big compliment. I appreciate that, T. Um, people are focused on themselves for the, yeah. for the most part. And, uh, and it's also important for us to remember when somebody is invading our boundary that if you say no, they're just going to move on to the next thing that's about them. They're not going to take it. And if they do take it harshly, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's on them. You know, <laughs> as long as you're honest and straightforward with people, and you tell them what you can do and what you can't, that's their responsibility. Nothing more. Yeah. Now, how long did it take you to write this? Off and on, two and a half years. Okay, that's not that long. I mean, I, I probably it seemed like a long time. 
Yeah, but we were, the country was going through a lot. You were in lockdown, you know, and there was a lot going on. No, it's on, true. You know? I mean, I would think I was done, and then I'd get some feedback, let's say, from an agent. I, I'd have to start over again. And it just kept, I, you know, I, I, I kept fixing it until I knew I had done what I needed to do. You, you get to, When you realize, okay, this is my best at this moment in time, this is the best that I can do. And until it is, I'm not able to let it go. Yeah. I, I'm just not. So I think um, that's I've true heard, of anybody who's creative. Hopefully. You know, hopefully. The creative uh, process is such that you have to make it right for you, and then this is the stopping point. I've heard that from others. I, I've heard of people who write a book every three months. I have no idea how they do that. I, I just yeah. Don't. Is it a good book? <laughs> I mean, you know. Great question. That's a great question, um, and I I don't know because I've not yeah. read those books. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to know. But it, I would want to know. Give me the name of the book and the author. I'll read it and let you know. <laughs> you know how good is that book? You know, and it's probably know. easier to write. Um, I don't. Maybe I'm going to be in trouble for saying this, but it would be easier for me to write nonfiction because. It's less subjective. Mm. You have you need to you know you need to uh, present a hypothesis, present your proof, yep. and summarize your hypothesis or your conclusion. Yep. And yep. fiction is much more amorphic. So uh, and and you're making it all up as you go. Right. You know, somebody told me, "Why don't you put a pool scene in there?" So okay, I had to put a pool scene in there. <laughs> I, I had no idea what to write, you know, but I figured it out. Yeah, you did. And and the pool scene is in there, I think, a couple of times. I remember being by the pool in the condo. But there's was one whole chapter, I think it's chapter 10, yeah. that's all about the pool. And I had a lot of fun with that. You know, so, so that's why I'm saying a lot of it is fiction. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it is a fiction book. We know that. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a fiction right. book. Um, it's just, it's a as I said, it's a fun, quick read. It's light, but there's a lot to it. And probably because I Thank do try, probably because of the genre of the show too. I mean, the genre of the show is, you know, usually we're doing self-help things. I'm like, I need to find the lessons in this. I need to find, you know, the things that, what can you learn from it? And, and I think even subconsciously reading this book, people do pick things up and they'll be like, Oh, maybe I should try to be more like that. You know, they'll see themselves in something and realize that maybe, there's a way to not be quite so like her highness or Humpty Dumpty, right. you know, and, and it, that alone right there is a lesson. You don't want to be called those names, you know? <laughs> no. Or, or uh, I think Alice feels very righteous. You know, yeah. she's always looking around saying, why are people doing these terrible things? And I think it, well, I don't want to give too much away, but she has a moment where she reflects that she ain't so perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for us when we feel like we're doing all the right things, just to be open, to make sure that maybe are we treating people in our lives with the kindness and respect that they deserve? Or as you mentioned earlier, are we listening? Are mm-hmm. we hearing? And so uh, Alice had had a moment where she realized that she's got some changes to make. And that was, 
Yes, and that was part of the forgiveness as well. It isn't just forgiveness of mm-hmm. others, but it's forgiveness of the self. So it was twofold, that yeah. forgiveness. Yes. See how brilliantly wow, you, you did that? Think but you that. got a lot out of it. You got, you got an really awful lot out it. of it. <laughs> you know, well, as I said, I was looking for stuff, but also I think that because of the way it was written, it was pretty easy to find. I mean, I have to say, you could see it. it it's the way Thank the you, writer Kate. puts it across. You're quite welcome. I mean, I'm not saying anything, you know, that's not true. Um, it, we, we wouldn't be having an hour-long discussion <laughs> if I did. Right. I wouldn't have had you on the show, you know. Right. It just really is pleasing and different and real but not real and could happen. And it's basically, it's like looking at, at life today yes. and saying, okay, yeah, these are the things that can happen, but in more of a fun way, if, you, if I can say that. You know? That's exactly and, right. Because nobody wants to be lectured. And, um, right. you know, when you think back to some of the, your favorite books that you read, I don't know, I, I got life lessons from them or, um, I remember a couple of years ago I read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and that really taught me gratitude mm-hmm. uh, because that that young girl in the story, I mean, she grows up in dire circumstances. Food is scarce. Um, mm-hmm. It's cold in the winter in her apartment. I mean, there's so many things that maybe I never really thought about it, in the in the context of a character experiencing them, so I think mm-hmm. that really stories can be our greatest teachers. We're I think that's the best way we learn. Yes, people are storytellers. We are storytellers. You know, every mm-hmm. book we read, every movie we watch, every song we hear, it tells a story. That's that's how we experience life. Yep. If somebody uh, gets ill, most people say, oh, somebody I know had that, and here's what happened to that person. It, it, it's how we relate. So I think it's easier to relate to a fictitious character because it, it, it stays in your imagination. Yeah, it does. It, it stays there, and it resonates with something, a part of you, or something that you've experienced. Exactly. Or will experience. Yes, that's true, too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's very true. I think that people, it, it, it's, it's a knowing, you know. It, it, it's yes. funny that you brought up A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. I love that book. And I remember reading it in a book club thing. And everybody was talking and, you know, about the book and trying to figure things. And they said, what do you think? And I said, well, I think that, you know, I think her name was Mary, right? Mary, I don't Owen, remember. I think was the I think it was Mary. I said, Mary is the tree that grew in Brooklyn. And everybody's like, oh, that's so profound. Oh, wow. And I'm like, really? That's not, I don't think it's profound. That's just the way it is. I didn't think it was profound at all. I thought it was just that's like good. legit. You know, I was like, really? <laughs> this is a book club I need to get out of. <laughs> you know? I was like, well, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> you are more open, more aware than most people. I, think that's I thought that was just say. a given in, I, I don't think, I, I don't think so. I think that it's just, you know, how much you read. And I think that yeah. it just was so obvious and, you know, I, I don't know. It just seemed like that she's, she's the trade. This is, that's, yeah. there wasn't really a yeah. trade, you know, Makes and sense. your writing yeah. is similar in that you can feel and get more out of the characters 
you know, I don't know. I just, I guess I just like to read and see what else there is. You know, you know, aside from any and all critiques and testimonials, anything anybody said to you, any reviews or opinions of anyone in your own world, what was the message you intended readers to take away from your book? I mean, am I, you know, is anything we've talked about close or I've talked about I, I think the most important, if there was one message I had, it was that you can – you, you you can be the change you want to see, but you cannot do it alone. Yeah, that's true. People, I, try. I think that's, that's it. That's right. You, yeah, you know, we we can change our world. It's not too late. Um, I don't think it is either. Yeah, but you're right. We can't do it alone. We can do our part, but it's really hard to do things alone. But when we organize, when we work together. Um, you know, in everything you do, whether you you sign a uh, petition or you make phone calls um, or you make donations, whatever it is to whatever cause that matters to you, you can affect a difference. Mm-hmm. But we have no other choice. No, we don't. <laughs> you know, so I think easy. I think so, and I think that's what I took away from the book. I mean, you know, of all the different sub lessons there i think that was the most important thing to me did it surprise you given that all the the things that you've done everything from your the marketing and and the voiceovers Mm. and the singing did it surprise you that you actually were writing and that this was going to be a published novel i well i always wanted to write a book it was on my bucket list Ah. So, and when I, when I set out to do something, I see it through. So it, I suppose, I mean, it would have surprised me 20 years ago, um, but it was my intention. And I'm really trying to visualize, you know, what's the next book and what's the next thing. Uh, so no, it, it, it didn't surprise me, but I'm real happy I did it. And I, I think and all I'm the readers grateful. Will be too. Thank you. I mean, I'm grateful for everyone who reads it, who everyone who tells me what they thought about it. I appreciate the reviews. I appreciate being on this show. Um, so I think uh, there's another thing I was thinking as I was listening to your your show um, before before that six is that. Um, we create the communities we need to to become the people we want to become. So when I left corporate America and I started telling people I'm going to be a singer and a voice actor, that was a big leap. And um, I, I did wonder if I could do that. But I found the communities and I kept going. And so I was I was quite surprised when that happened. To leap from that creative capacity to writing was not as big of a jump for me. Do you think that's because you had already done something where the leap of faith was like, I don't know, but okay, I'm going to do it. And you thought, well, yeah. okay, if I can do that, I can write, yeah, I can write a book. That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've been you. writing all my life, but, but not, not creatively, more professionally, more business mm-hmm. writing. Yes. Or school papers. Yeah, completely different. This is totally 
You know. Totally now, have you started writing? Now, we know you have ideas for the second book and even the third, mm-hmm. but have you started writing the second book yet? Oh, I've yes. I'm in what I, I hope will be my penultimate round of reviews. After I finish oh. this round of reviews, I'll go back one more time, make sure I didn't you know, make, make any typos, and then uh, start sending out query letters. Okay, so... The query letters will be to publishers to to get them published. And agents. Yes. Are you are you anticipating or not anticipating? That's not right. Do you have a launch date in mind? Like when no. you would like to see it? No. Okay. No, because I'll I'll let it go when I'm ready. You know, it has to be right. Mm-hmm. So if I if I put a date in my head, then I create all kinds of stress, and I'm trying not to yep. do that. Um, yeah. But every day I sit down and I write a couple pages. Uh, some days go faster than others, you know, because I'm at I'm at a fine, you know, I'm pretty far along. I know the story. I'm just uh, I sent it to a, a professor who taught a, a class I'm writing for children, and he had some really good suggestions. So that's what I'm doing now. And then, uh, I mean, hopefully by the summer it'll be done. Well, now, if you've got a couple of different stories in mind, is it hard for you to stay focused on one without thinking, oh, you know, this would be good for the other book? Uh, no, because they're all different ideas. Okay. And and I'd love – there's the next one I have in my head I'd love to get started on, but I'm going to wait because I want to finish one thing at a time. Yes. That's hard, though. When you're excited about a new thing, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I want to do this. <laughs> It is, but I'm I can be pretty disciplined in that regard. So I have to finish this, and and I enjoy writing this story. I love the characters, and uh, it's fun and it's it's different. You know, there's more of an adventure element, and there's a little time travel, and uh, oh. it's a it's an 11 year old girl who turns 12 in the course of the story. So it's it's a very different uh, it's a different milieu, so to speak. And it's fun. Now is oh, I just lost the question, so forget that. <laughs> I guess I wasn't meant to ask it. Okay. Oh wait, I have it back. That's fiction as well. I'm going to presume, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm writing. Uh, that'll be an interesting book. Okay, and is that what you're you intend at this moment to write? For now. Um... You know, if I had something to say in a nonfiction capacity that I felt others needed to hear or read, I would write it. I, I'm not, look, the, I mean, look look at all the changes I made. They're all kind of wacky, and so who? I never I say not. never. Let me. <laughs> They're not wacky. When when I left corporate America, and I would ask, people would ask me, "What do you do?" and I would tell them. I would see those that were stuck in the – those who were rigid just sort of shrivel back from me, like mm-hmm. how irresponsible of you. So it was um, – I'm glad I did it, but it was risky. Yes. yes. But you weighed those risks, I'm sure, because you're not a stupid woman. And, you know, what somebody might think is wacky to somebody else, it may be, wow, I wish I could do that. I just don't have the guts to do it. Oh, I think that's always what's behind the 
the facade, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's behind the disapproval. Yes. Yes. The fact that they didn't do what they wanted to do or can't. Yep. That's it. That's it. So, see, good for you. You know, you have the guts to do it. You took the leap. And look at where it's brought you when you see all of the things. If I look back at my life and see the crazy things I've done, I'm like, and that's how I got here. Oh, wow. Okay. It makes sense now. So you can connect the dots. Yeah. You absolutely can. Yep. Yep. No, I give you. It's all good. Yeah, it is all good. It's really good. It's great. And it's great for the reader, too, because now you'll have another book coming out and then two more to follow that which, you know, yeah. are in your head, and I'm sure that will be coming along. So without doing spoiler alerts, and I don't think anybody's going to get this next thing that I say unless they've read your book. So the okay. ending is, is a conversation among characters that I find can be interpreted in two ways. So the first is that it's open-ended, which would lead the reader to think there may be more to come or perhaps there'll be a sequel. And the second mm. would be what I call my interpretation, retribution has been served which is very clever. Now, I did consider asking you which it is. However, I choose not to ask you that question because I am in full faith betting you would say, we'll see about that. Am I right? (laughs) I'm going to say I don't want to spoil the ending. How's that? Okay, yeah. We'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll let the reader see about that. If I spoil the ending, why read the book? That's right. Um, it was a it really was a great book. It really is, and I think there's a lot to be you. learned from it, but in a fun way. Even the cover, the way that you had the illustrator, I read about that, do the cover. It's very beachy looking. Yes, it looks fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's a happy it's a happy cover. It's pink mm-hmm. and green and sand and uh, ocean and yeah. It, it really is. I think they all, all over the whole thing is just, you know, it just worked for it. And I thought, okay, this is a fun book. Let's see what we're going to get into here. And a lot more than I thought, a lot more surprises than I thought. So kudos Thank to you, you for that. Thank job you. Well done. Yeah. You know, any final words for the readers, for the audience, for the listeners? I hope they enjoy it. I hope it gives them a laugh or two and, uh, Maybe uh, in one chapter, bring a Kleenex and um, enjoy your summer. It is a great book. It is a fun book. It is a lighthearted book. It it does, you will emote (laughs) in whatever way you choose. But, I mean, I read it really fast. It's a quick read. Because you don't want to put it down. You really don't. You want to, well, what's next? Well, what's next? And the, the chapters are... You know, they're not that long, so you get to the end and you think, okay, do I have time to read the next chapter before I have to make dinner? Oh, I do. <laughs> you know, I'd read the Thank next you. chapter. I've heard that from a few people, and I am kind of amazed and I'm very gratified to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, for a first time out, I, you know, you hit a home run. So congratulations for that. Oh, wow. Bless you. Thank you. And it's not because it's a small ballpark like Fenway. It's because you really <laughs> hit the home run, you know? <laughs> now, now. Nothing wrong with Fenway. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong. I'm from Boston. There's nothing wrong with Fenway. Yeah. It's just that people would always say that, and I'm like, nah, that's not true. That's not it, you know? So, yeah, it's exactly. absolutely um, wonderful. And 
We are getting close to the top of the hour, but before we go, I'd love it if you would tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your work and where they can purchase your book, Alice in Condoland. Oh, sure. So my website is lizbeeler.com, be like boy, I-E-L-E-R.com, and uh, it can be purchased anywhere books are bought online, uh, and your local bookstore can also order it for you, or it'll be in a few bookstores in South Florida, so uh, pretty much ubiquitous. Okay. Well, that's great. And if you can shop locally, people, that would be great. If you ask the book owner, yeah. the bookstore owners, you know, to get the book, they can get it for you at the same price as Amazon. So don't think that you can't, you know, you're going to get a better deal at Amazon. I like supporting local stuff. I really appreciate you being here, Liz. It was great. Thank you oh. so, so very much for your time and, and your book. You Thank you for having welcome. me. You are very welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on From the Heart Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a most challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully, and that's where you find the tools to do so, right here on From the Heart Radio. So please check out our 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 uh, board on BTR and see what we'll be having on in the next few weeks. And uh, also check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries, stipends, or compensation of any kind to anyone. Every penny goes toward underprivileged children. And right now we're helping subsidize the cost of mental health therapy sessions for children who might not otherwise receive this much-needed therapy. You know, if you don't have strong mental health, you can't learn. You can't live well at all. It's vitally important. And all children deserve a chance for a good life. And that starts with mental health. Our children need our help. So together we can provide them and help them with what they need. So please check out Soji Huggles at sojikids.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Soji Huggles, where in your social media accounts, please be sure to like us on Facebook, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. And we're going to leave you with our From the Heart Radio's thought for this week. It is from Polo Quello. All you have to do is pay attention. Lessons are, arrive when you are ready. I am your host, T. Love, here at From the Heart Radio, intending you and yours a most enjoyable week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only do, give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Baby, baby, do